to come in. Say, come in, Lord. 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 Somebody needs him right now. Say, right now, Lord. Right now. from God. I wish I had help here this morning. We come in because we need something from God. Even those who virtually are watching us, I pray that you're virtually watching us because you need something from the Lord. And we pray that God, through this service and through his word, will minister to you at the point of your need because you need something from the Lord. Anybody need something from God right now? Hallelujah. You need something from the Lord. Well, I'm trusting that God, he's going to do it and he can do it right now. Somebody say, I serve a right now God. Oh, come on, say it like you mean to say, I serve a right now God. Come on, say it again like you mean to say, I serve a right now God. Hallelujah. 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 I serve a right now God. Hey, Amen. He can do it just like that. Hallelujah. I think it's, hallelujah. I think it's Luke. One of the reasons I like Luke, the gospel of Luke. Luke is the one who uses this word more often than anybody else. I don't know if it's the Greek or the Aramaic, but he uses the word parakrema. And that word means immediately. So Luke, in a lot of his descriptions of Jesus, when he's doing his performing his miracles, when he's performing his healings, he says parakrema or immediately. The man rose up immediately. The man regained his sight immediately. That person who was sick was healed. And I'm letting somebody know the same God of the Bible is the same God right now. He's immutable. That means he does not change. So if he could do it immediately then, he can do it immediately right now. Somebody say it again like you mean to say, I serve a right now God. I serve a right now God. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. 
because somebody needs him right now. Somebody's in the hospital room and they need God right now. Somebody's suffering from COVID in the hospital and, and they need God right now. Somebody's suffering from pneumonia and they can't hardly breathe, but they need God right now. Somebody's in a coma right now and they need God right now. I wish somebody would help me. Somebody's suffering the injuries from an accident and they need God right now. Somebody's in a desperate financial situation and they need God right now. Somebody's about to get evicted and they need God right now. Somebody has a loved one in jail and they need God right now. Come on and say it again. Say, I serve. And right now, God, now come on and give God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 I praise God. Hallelujah. That he can move by his power and by his might. It does not take, a, it does not take long. I'm always reminded of the story when he spoke to the centurion. And the centurion said, I'm not worthy for you to come into my house. He said, but if you speak the word, I know that my servant shall be healed. And the word says the centurion then had to go back home and he didn't arrive that same day. But on the next day when he arrived, the people told him that at the same moment that he was speaking to Jesus, that servant was raised. And at God's word, immediately he was healed. And I know that same God can do the same thing for you right now. Amen. We're going to God's word. We're going to have one scripture that we're sharing on this morning. Just one scripture. If you can stay with us. Amen. You don't don't get lost in your mindset and settle down for your nap this morning. Amen. We have a brief word. If you will just stay with us. I know that God is going to give a blessing through his word. The word is in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. One scripture. Very short, but always appropriate, I think, during this season. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15 from the English Standard Version reads like this. It says, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Let me say that again. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. And I pray, Lord, Heavenly Father, open our spirits, our hearts, our minds. Lord, let our minds be prepared for what, the direction that you're about to take us in your word. Lord, allow your word to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lead us along the path of destiny that you've designed for us. And most of all, let us not leave this destiny moment unchanged. In Jesus' name, amen. And God bless you. We've been sharing this whole month from the season of giving. The season of giving. And on last week, we shared for our Christmas message, Unwrapping the Gift Within unwrapping the gift within. And most of us at this point, for those who are joining us in the sanctuary, for those of us who are joining us virtually, if you've, if you've had some expression of Christmas, you've probably received, unwrapped your gift. And at this point, I wanted to talk about something that is very common during this particular time of the season. And that particular time is where we start taking the gifts that maybe we didn't appreciate as much and taking them back to the store. And I want to talk today about God's no return policy. The no return policy. When I began to think about the gift that God placed in us, 
And I began to think about how people during this time and this season often take gifts back. The reason that they take them back are very varied. Sometimes they take them back because they already have something like what they received. And they don't need another one. Because they have, they've already have something like they have a, they already had a mixer or uh, they already had a refrigerator or they already had a sweater that was that color and that brand and, or they already had a pair of shoes that looked just like the ones that they received. And when they receive a gift that is a duplicate of something that they already have, that might be one reason why they return the gift. Another reason they might return the gift is that it just doesn't match their style. Almost in a way, you can say the gift is not personal enough for them. That means that they have a certain style, a certain way, way they wear clothes. Maybe they, they wear long skirts and this isn't long enough. Or maybe they wear short ones and this is not short enough. Or maybe they, they, they wear uh, a clothes of a thicker material and this doesn't match their temperature, their internal temperature, and it would not be something that they would appreciate. Maybe it's just not a personal enough gift. For some, often the gift just does not fit. It's a beautiful gift, and they like it, and they like the style, and everything else fits together, except it just does not fit them. It is the wrong size. So they go back to take this gift to exchange it for one that is of the correct size, or they may not be able to find their size, so they have to simply return the gift. But there are many reasons why we return gifts. But when I began to think about the gift of God that he's given each and every one of us, what God poured inside of us that we talked about unwrapping on last week, I thought about the reasons why we should not and simply cannot return this gift. There are many reasons why. One of the reasons why I thought about is that when we were talking about returning a gift that you already have, well, one thing about God's gift is there is nobody who has any gift that's just like yours. The gift God gave you, it's so personal to you. It's so unique. Nobody else has a gift just like the one that God poured into you. There's no way you have two of what God gave you. Somebody say there's only one. There's only one. There is only one. You, you would not return this gift because you have something like it because there is nothing like the gift that God gave you. Another thing I thought about is that we were talking about we had a gift that just doesn't fit our style, almost as if the gift is not personal enough for us. So I wanted to get into that, the personal, the personal nature of God's gift and how God's gift is so personal and it's so unique to us that we have to appreciate the personal, the personal nature of the gift and also the value of the gift. When I thought of the no return policy, there were several thing, reasons why certain people have no return policies. And the first reason that I thought of was that the gift is so personalized that if you return it, the store cannot retrieve its value. It's so personalized that the store cannot retrieve its value. It's almost like, think of a custom-made dress or a custom-made suit. The person looks at your measurements, and they, and they measure you in the, the length of your sleeve, and you, you got one arm that's longer than the other, so they have to adjust the sleeve, and, and your neck is a certain size, and your arm width is a certain size, and, and your waist is a certain size, and, and your height is a certain size. So they do all of these personalized things to make sure the gift or the item, the dress, the suit, 
fits you. And the thing about it is once they get to a certain point, the gift, it only fits you. The dress is personal to you. The, the, the suit is personal to you. There's nobody else that could fit in that suit. There's nobody else that could fit that dress quite like you. So a lot of times when they have an item that is so customized, they don't allow you to return it because they know they could not resell it. It might be a certain color. You might like bright colors. So you got a super bright purple dress. And it'd be difficult for them to resell it because even the color pattern was special to you. But what I'm saying is that the same is the nature of the gift that God gives us. Gives us. It's so personalized to suit us. How could we return it when it can't fit somebody else? The thing about the personal nature of God's gift is that it's so personalized to you that it also includes everything that you went through to get to where you are. When I think about your, your testimony and the gift that God has on the inside of you, it's what God gave you. It's what you've been through. You are a collection of the things and storms that you have overcome. It is so personalized, it would not suit or fit anybody else. I often tell the story of, uh, we, we talk about Bishop, Bishop Hines, and someone asked him because they saw the amazing gift that God has given him in preaching and ministering and pastoring and leading people, and someone said, I want what you have. And then he tells them, say, okay, I pray that you are out on the tarmac and you get struck by lightning. And he's like, they're like, no, no, I, I, I don't want that. But that's part of the fabric of his story. That's part of the fabric of the gift that God has put on the inside of him. So when somebody says they want what you have, then they also have to want what you've been through. And the problem is many people want what you have, but they don't want to suffer through what you've been through. And sometimes if, if you were honest with people, someone would say, oh, I, I, I want to have a personality like you do. I, I want to have, I, I have a family like you have. I, I want to have a relationship like you have. And then if you're careful, you be, if you spoke with them honestly, which we need to do, we need to be honest with people about what we've been through to get to where we are. Because some people tend to think that you got to where you got, got without suffering. They have a, a social media construct of how you achieve success, and they think it is without struggle and it is without trial. But when we're honest with people about what we've been through to get to where we are, then they begin to appreciate the personalized nature of what you have and the gift that is on the inside of you. That it is a blessing, and, but it has also come with its struggles, and it's also come with, get this, a testimony. Father, the Bible says they overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. You help people when you testify because somebody is out there thinking you got to where you got without struggling. They think you attained your success without trials and without tribulation. But the Bible reminds us there's no temptation taking us, but such as is common to man. And, but God is faithful. He will not allow us to be tempted or to struggle above that we're able, but will make a way of escape for us. And we have all used God's escape hatch. God has had to create an escape route for each and every one of us. So we have to be honest with people. But yeah, baby, you see me now, but you didn't see me while I was in my storm. Because part of your trial, and I know I got a witness out there, part of your trial and part of your storm was so personal that nobody else saw it but you. I, I wish... 
I, I wish I had some real people in here. That, that, that there, there, was, there were times where you were struggling and you went through your storm and you went through your trial and nobody else saw what you were going through but you. I, I, I wish I had some real people in here who, who, who you had to cry by yourself sometimes. And you didn't have anybody's shoulder to cry on. I, I wish I had some people who've been frustrated before. You were so torn up by your frustration. You didn't know whether you needed to cry or whether you were angry. And at some point, you even begin to question God. Lord, why am I here? And why am I here by myself? Don't get mad if you were there. Elijah got there. Elijah said, went out, went out and decided that I, I'm going to go out into the wilderness. And, and he asked the Lord, basically, Lord, let me die where I am right now. Because I'm so frustrated and I'm by myself and nobody else is standing up for your name. But me, I feel isolated. I feel alone. I feel frustrated. I feel like giving up. And you need to share your give up moment with somebody. The reason you need to share your give up moment with somebody else is because the end of your testimony ends with, I'm still, but I'm still here. I, 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 I felt like giving up. I, I felt like throwing in the towel. I felt like giving up on life. I was crying. I was frustrated. I was through, but some way, somehow, some way, somehow, I, I, I made it to this moment. And, and we keep singing the song, I, I don't look like what I've been through, baby, even if you look like what you've been through. Your testimony is that you're still here. Yeah, I, 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 I've been battered. I, I, I've cried. I've been depressed. I've experienced anxiety. Maybe I had to get, I had to go get some therapy for my situation. Let's t- can we talk about it? Because a lot of times we, we demonize everything, but we don't want to talk about what we needed to, ha- to happen for us to get to where we, we were. Maybe, maybe I needed to see a therapist mm. to get to where I am. Maybe I needed a little medication. Come on in here with me now. I, 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 I needed a little medication. And, and, and don't you criticize my storm because, baby, you needed some stuff to get through to where I wish you were in here with me. To get through to where you are. You didn't get here by yourself. Didn't get here by yourself. Maybe, maybe I needed a therapist, somebody to talk through what I, what I was going through. Maybe I needed a little medication because if the medication kept me from killing myself, then I know God's will is that I live. And if I needed that to live, then I'm still living in his will because for me to get to where I am right now, I had to keep breathing. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to talk to him. Uh, you, 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 I, I, I needed mental medication. Maybe you needed medical medication. But whatever it was that got us to where we are right now, our testimony together that we can say in unison is I am still here. I'm still here. I, I fought through some stuff, but, uh, but I'm still here. I, I battled through some stuff in my mind, but, but, uh, but I'm still here. I, I lost some relationships along the way, but, but I'm still here. I don't have the same set of friends that I used to have. I, I wish somebody were real with me in here, but, 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 but I'm still here. And I need to share that testimony for somebody else who's in the middle of the trial, who's in the middle of the struggle right now to let them know, baby, this is not your last day. 
It's not your last day. Don't let the devil convince you that this is too much. Don't let the devil convince you that you've been abandoned because David, when even his friends and his compadres and even the men he went to war and battle with started picking up stones and thought about stoning him, it said David found him a little spot and he encouraged himself. Encouraged himself in the Lord. And sometimes we don't share everything, but we need to share the truth and say, Lord, some of our prayers and that struggle was, Lord, I don't even know what you're doing right now. Lord, I feel like I'm by myself right now. Lord, Lord, I don't understand. And let's, let's be real. None of us really understand. Lord, I don't even really understand why I'm going through this struggle, why I'm going through this trial. But thank God, Lord, you have me here. Ah. And I just want to share that with somebody who's in the middle of it right now. I want you to know that God's still got you. God, he he still has you. David said he he held me in his right hand. And even when you feel like everything around you is closing in on you, I want you to know that you're you're right here. You're you're in the middle of God's hand and God is protecting you. God is providing you for you. God is encouraging you. God is strengthening you. God is holding you up. And when it seems like the devil is attacking you from every side, I want you to know he doesn't have you from all sides, baby. Because God's still holding you up. Because God still has you in his hand. And, and he, even like, like the prayer said, like the, like the footprints tell you, when, when I only see one footprint, that, that means God is carrying me. And, and when I didn't even feel his touch, he's still carrying me. And when I feel like everything, is, the devil is having his way in my life, God is still carrying me. And the beautiful thing is, he's not carrying me in one position, but he's carrying me through this. I, 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 I'm coming through this. Uh, somebody testify to yourself. Say, I'm coming through this. Uh, put that in the comments. I, 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 I'm coming through this. I, I won't always be right here. I won't always be stuck right here. I won't always be in this situation. I won't always be hurt. I won't always be sick. I won't always be broke. I won't always be alone. But God is carrying me. He's carrying me. Carrying me through this. And the reason I know he's carrying me through this is because I got some of him in me. (laughs) I have the gift that God has placed on the inside of me in me. And because it's in me, I have the same spirit that lifted up Jesus from the dead. I wish you were here with me. It's, It's in me. That spirit came, it's overcome everything. It's overcome death, hell, and and the grave. There there is nothing that can hold the power of God that he has placed in me. So how could could he leave me in, in the storm by myself if he's in me? So if he's in me, that means he's with me. And if he's in me, that means if I'm stuck in the storm, that means he's stuck too. So, 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 so since I know God, it, 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 he, he's coming out of this thing, that means I have to come, come with him because I, I wish you were here with me because he's in me. He 
He's in me. So when he comes through and he passes through, I'm, I'm coming out too. But even while I'm in it, he's with me. Because he's he's in me. The thing about it is like it's like when you're a child and, and, and you know who your ride is, and your ride is with your parents. And, and, and you check with your parents because you like when they're leaving, I'm leaving. Cause I'm with them. So and sometimes you're ready to go and you're like, are we are, are we leaving yet? Because you know, when they leave, you're leaving. Because they're with you. And I, I need you to know that, that because you have that spirit in you, there is no place that you can be stuck. There is nothing that you cannot overcome because you have that spirit that's in you. It's too personalized to return. It, 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 it's too personalized because God placed it on the inside of you. The problem also with what we have, and I, I'm about finished is the personal nature of why you, re, you return it. And the other things, sometimes the reason they don't allow you to return it is because what you have is too valuable to return. What you have is too valuable to return. Get this. Some stores, they mark prices off of items when they're going out of business. And they mark it down really low because they're going out of business. Sometimes they give you something that is of incredible value for something very low because they're just trying to get something for it. But when they do, you notice something? They have a no return policy. You can't return it. Can't return it. And you shouldn't want to return it because the value that you paid for it is much less than what it cost. You're getting a a $90 sweatshirt for $10. There's no return policy. The value of what you have far exceeds that of what they would give back to you. you. We have to understand the value of what God has put in us because if we don't, if we don't understand that value, if we don't appreciate that value, we become like, like, like Esau. He, he didn't understand the value of what the birthright that God had given him and he tried, he was transferring it to Jacob because he didn't appreciate the value of what he had. You want to know people who appreciate value? Those professional yard sale people. When they go out to yard sales, it's not that they need all that stuff. You know what they're doing? They're going to find somebody who doesn't know or appreciate the value of what they have. And they're trying to buy it for much cheaper than its value because the person who's selling it doesn't appreciate its value. Watch some of them shows they have out there. I think one of them's called... American picker or something, something like that, one of those, but it's something like that. It's a person, they're a professional. They go out and basically find people, and let's be real, that do not appreciate the value of what they have, and so they purchase it for much less than what it's worth because that person who's selling it doesn't appreciate its value. What I'm telling you is you need to appreciate the value of what God has placed on the inside of you. It's too valuable for you to try to take it back. It's too valuable for you to return it. In fact, I told you about your testimony. Somebody ought to know that it cost you too much. It cost you too much to return it. It it took you through some things. 
but it costs you too much to give it back. Can you imagine somebody asking Joseph, Joseph in the Bible asking him, can I have your gift? And what is the story surrounding your gift? Let me finish here. What's the story behind your gift, Joseph? Can you tell me about your story? Well, well, what is your gift taking you through? Well, let me tell you something. Joseph would tell you, did people always appreciate your gift? Like, no, they didn't. No, they didn't appreciate my gift. And Joseph would give the same testimony that many of you can give. The first people that didn't appreciate my gift was my family. Because when I, 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 when I explained my dream to my mama and my daddy, my mom and dad got upset and said, are you saying you're going to be greater than us? When I explained my, my, my gift and I, and I told my dream to my brothers, my, my brothers became so jealous of me and they became angry at me. My gift one day got me in so much trouble that my brothers threw me in the middle in a, in a dried up cistern and, and, and they took my coat and, and ripped it up and, and, and they were about to kill me. If my oldest, eldest brothers hadn't convinced them not to, then instead they ripped my coat up, dipped it in blood, and sold me to slavery, and then told my father I had been killed by a wild animal. That's what my gift got me. My gift got me sold from my land uh, uh, and, and transported by, by the Ishmaelites into, into, into slavery, and I, I was gone off, sent to Egypt as a slave. That's what my gift got me. Wound up a slave in the house of Potiphar, and, 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 and I was so gifted, they, they lifted me to be in charge of all, all the other servants in the house. But my gift also caused the, 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 the wife of Potiphar to see the gift on me, and she wanted to take advantage of me. And she, she grabbed my cloak and pretended like I had taken advantage of her and slept with her. And then Potiphar had me thrown in jail. That's what my gift got me. Stayed in jail for so long and, and, and to the point that I began to rise up the ranks in the jail and I became in charge of, uh, uh, over all, all the prisoners. And then one day, two of the servants from, from Pharaoh's house came in there and I interpreted their dream. And I told one, I said, when you get back in the house, don't forget me. And he went back to the house. And for another two and a half years, I wish I had some people who, who, who don't want to be locked up in jail can appreciate the length of two and a half years. That's like dog years. Two and a half more years. I stayed in prison because he forgot that I interpreted that dream for him. That's what my dream, that's what my gift got me. Then after two and a half years, Pharaoh had a dream and nobody else could interpret it. And let's be clear, if somebody had interpreted, I may have stayed in jail for the rest of my life, but because nobody else could interpret it. Then the servant remembered that I had interpreted his dream in jail. Then Pharaoh, after I interpret his dream, makes me head over everything, everything in Egypt except him. That's what my gift Got me. So, no, baby, I can't give you my gift. I, I've been through too much. I, I wish I had a few witnesses in here. I, I, I've been through too much because, let me tell, to share with this with you, when you give your gift to someone who hasn't been through what you've been through, they don't appreciate the value, I wish, of the gift. That's why our children, we, we, they don't appreciate the value of gifts we give them because they didn't understand what it really costs. 
What, what we had to go through to get it, the, the pain and the turmoil we had to struggle through to get to where we have. So when you pass your gift or attempt to give it to somebody who does, hasn't been what you've been through, they have, don't appreciate the value of your gift. You can't allow somebody to mishandle your gift. That's what I want to share with you. The J- Joseph, the value of his gift was too precious to pass it along to anybody else because he'd been through too much. Somebody, somebody tell your neighbor, say, I've been through too much. And if you haven't been through what I've been through, tell them if you haven't been what I've been through, you can't appreciate my gift. The final thing I want to share with you, and my daughter, I recently got her into fantasy football, and uh, we play a little fantasy amongst my my. my my, my sons and myself, they, we, you draft players and you construct a team and then we won't get into all of it, but then you try and win a championship based on the team that you draft. Well, early in the draft, you draft players that are very valuable. At some point, just to make sure that you're not cheating or to make sure that you don't get cheated, there are certain players that you draft so high that they don't allow you to trade them. And they don't allow you to drop them. And the reason they don't do that is so that you don't give away something that's so valuable that it hurts your team. Basically, it's saying you've drafted it, you've purchased it, you've paid for it. And now we're going to protect you by not even letting you give away that which you have because it's too valuable. When I begin to think about that, I think about that's like God's return policy. No, re, no return policy. That there were times in our lives that we would have given away ourselves, that we would have compromised our gift, but yet God, he protected us. And I wish I had some people in here who, who know where I am. I, I have to testify for myself that God protected me when I did not know my own value. That God preserved my value so that I did not give it away. So that I did not compromise what I had on the inside. When I would have sold it. When I would have shamed myself out of what God was trying to preserve. God protected and preserved me in a manner that he was preserving the gift on the inside. So that I would not trade it away. So that I would not give it away. He was protecting my value. Because, see, the thing about it is, the thing that is, what God put in you, he not only knows the value of it where it is, but he knows that it has greater value where it's going. He knows what's in you. It has great value right now when you haven't discovered it, when you haven't uncovered it, when you haven't even stirred up the gift that's on the inside of you. But God knows it's of inestimable value. It's of, as the word says, it's of inexpressible value in the place where he's taking you. He's preserving you. He's preserving your gift. He's not allowing you to return what he's put in you because he knows right now, even though you can't see it and you can't appreciate it, it's more valuable you can appreciate and sometimes 
That might mean you have to be by yourself. Lord, maybe I feel alone right now. And maybe I'm by myself right now. Because you're not allowing me to transfer, to trade, to return, or to compromise the value of what you put in me. Let me say that again. Maybe I'm in a place where I feel alone. I feel by myself. I, I feel like I need companionship. I feel like I need to be connected to somebody or something else. But maybe you're not allowing those connections. Because you're trying to preserve the value of what's in me so that I don't return it, so that I don't trade it, so I don't compromise the value of what God has put in me. So maybe I don't do things that might compromise the value. Maybe I don't say things that won't compromise that value. Maybe I don't have associations and connections with people that try to compromise my value. This is like your warranty, your protection, your no return policy. It's like shrink wrapping me right now in this place where I feel isolated and alone so that I don't compromise the value of what you put in me. So maybe I need to appreciate this time right now. Maybe I just need to spend a little more time in prayer. Maybe I need to be a little more consecrated to God right now. And maybe I need to read your word more carefully, Lord. Because you're not trying to isolate me, but rather, Lord, you're preserving the value of what you've put in me. You're protecting me. And I I praise God for that. And I'm going to give my own personal testimony. And you have your own. But I think God knew some things about me and was protecting me when I didn't even know I needed protection. Because for those of you who really know me, I, my, my goal in life was never to be a pastor. That wasn't my goal. But God knew where I was going when I did. God knew where he was taking me before I knew. Because I was fine in the sound booth. That was fine with me. I, I, I felt that I was doing God's will and I was helping his service. I, I didn't need to be on the pulpit. I didn't need to be on the stage. I didn't need to say anything in the mic. But God knew what was in me. And he was protecting me and preserving me for where he was taking me. When I first got to college, the summer before I went to college, God called me to the ministry. And I think in a way God knew that he was in my mind preserving me and protecting me from situations that I might have found myself in. Because he knew where he was taking me. I praise God that I spent seven years as an assistant pastor under Pastor Fisher. And while I was there, I still didn't have aspirations to pastor. I was just helping. But I, I, at the time, I didn't understand. He was teaching me how to lead. He was teaching me how to love people more deeply. He was teaching me how to make connections and relate to people. He was teaching me the administrative work of the church because he was preserving what was inside of me because he knew where he was taking me. And while he was preserving me, I want to give this to somebody. He had me undercover. I was under his protection. Because I, I, because let me tell you something about a covering. A covering hides you from, from, from exposure that you're not ready for. 
I didn't have to be exposed because I had a covering. Pastor Fisher was my covering. So if something went wrong, he took the blame. He protected my mistakes. He protected my errors because I had a covering. And I want you to understand that you can grow under a covering. Let me tell you, a caterpillar is under a covering. And it stays under a covering until it's ready to fly. And some of you right now, you're wrapped up and you feel constricted and constrained. But I want you to understand the thing that you feel is constraining you is your covering. And God is protecting you while you're being covered. And he's protecting you until you're able to spread your own wings. Until you're able to fly on your own. I came to tell somebody right now, 2022 is your year to fly. God has kept you under wraps. He's kept you in a mask. He's kept you in the quarantine. He's kept you isolated from people. And you're wondering why I'm so wrapped up. I'm masked up. I'm tightened up. It feels like I'm constricted and can't do anything. But God says 2021 has been your covering. He said, I'm about to unleash your covering. He said, and you're about to spread your wings and you're about to fly in 2022. Everyone standing on your feet, put those hands together and give God some praise for his word right there. Hallelujah. Come on, give God some praise for his word. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, someone right now, they have felt the constraints. They have felt restricted. They didn't understand. They didn't know why they were where they were or where they are right now. But Lord, you have been preserving what you have put inside of them. You have been preserving the value of what is in them. And Lord, let them see at this moment, if they've never seen before, that they have great value. And even when they don't understand that value, Lord, you know their value, you know their worth. And you're protecting them so that they can arrive at the place of destiny that you've designed for them. Continue to preserve and protect us, Lord, but remind us, Lord, that wherever we are, we're not stuck there. We're still in the middle of your hand and you're guiding us through and you won't leave us there because, Lord, there's a piece of you in us. That same spirit that lifted up Jesus from the dead is with us. It's guiding us through. We're coming out of this And Lord, we're going to testify to somebody else who's been where we are. That you don't have to stay there. You don't have to remain there. But God is faithful. God is powerful. God is compassionate. God is caring. God has a plan and a purpose for you that's bringing you through wherever you are right now. And we praise God for this right now in Jesus' name. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. If you've been watching us by social media, we praise God for you. And we pray that you live by faith and great expectation until we shall see you. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Give a Fire. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. 
Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.